I'm author Mark Muncie. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. You might listen to this podcast and hear us say Eerie Adventure, but due to a 1937 copyright issue, our podcast is actually named Eerie Travels. So just insert that whenever you hear Eerie Adventure, because oops, that never happened. Greetings, travelers. We're back. Yes. No, it's adventurers. Adventurers. Greetings, adventurers. Yes, yes. Greetings, adventurers. Yes. So we are back. We're here. But should we be? That's the question. So I, but, uh, I, I would like to say yes. I would yes. like to say yes. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I, as always, am your eclectic host, uh, author Mark Muncy of the Erie, Florida book series and Erie Appalachia, uh, amongst others. So yes, I do know how to use other adjectives because I also have Freaky Florida and Creepy Florida. So, <laughs> and uh and We're gonna then, come uh, up with a sum up way now that you're Erie Appalachia too. You can't just say yeah. Erie, Florida, because well, no, that's why we say Erie travels now. But uh, you know, and then we're Erie, Erie Adventure now. We are Erie Adventure, Adventure, which is part of Erie travels, which is yes. part of Erie, Florida. It's a landslide of Erie. It, it has been snowballing <laughs> for years, and I, you know, not to be confused with cocaine bear snowballing. But from our last episode, but uh, you know, it, it's we're building into this landslide of uh, craziness and high strangeness, and it is it is a joy. It is a joy to dive into these things with my amazing co-host, the lovely, the lovely Erica. I like that you say lovely. We're gonna come up with some new adjectives for this too. Um, uh, <laughs> Adverbs? No, that's not correct. I know English. I am Erica Lance. I am also an author of horror, horror stories that don't have happy endings. Super proud of that. And I'm also the host of the Drinking with Authors podcast, along with this podcast. So um, Mark co-hosts with me there if you ever want to, you know, listen to me talk for hours with alcohol. Yes. Yeah. I do. Yeah. It's pretty but fun. I'm usually the designated driver on that one because I can't have all the fun alcoholic stuff because of my epilepsy meds. So it's pretty I know fun. it's it's okay. I think the epilepsy meds might be more cool than the alcohol, depending yeah, on depending how on the day. It. Yeah, depending <laughs> on the day. Yeah, definitely. So uh but oh my gosh. So since the last time we spoke, you know, we've 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 gone wait, down. Wait, wait, rabbit. you keep forgetting this is episode oh. two and you have to introduce our amazing producer yes. Callie because they are the what creates how we do what we yes do they do here. all the work behind it's they they don't matter they do all the scene stuff behind the scenes don't you understand that's they they're, kind they're, of they're, matter like we <laughs> kind of won't have a podcast so to to Callie suddenly the if ultimate, I the then ultimate. we know you know Callie's been involved. So the great Callista Muncy, the power behind the scenes, pulling, pushing all the buttons, pulling all the levers, making the internet go. Yes. Uh, yeah. We, we cannot survive without them. And yes. so, yes. okay. Now, now there's breaking news. Uh, what is this breaking news? Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is going to happen occasionally on, on the podcast. This is episode two and we have something major hit the news literally as we went to press. Uh, that uh, had to be brought up. So uh, this wonderful company is doing 3D printer, you know, uh, they were doing like a show of 3D printed things and trying to show the latest things in 3D printing. And uh, Synrotech is the name of the company. And they hosted this, you know, let's figure these things out. And so this wonderful German designer and architect, his name's Stefan Heinrich, a perfect German name. Uh, he decides- German to create a fully 3D printed shoe. And you can buy the pattern for this shoe. And now what is this shoe, right? Well, I was gonna say why, I mean, it's it's badass that there's a 3D printed shoe because most of what I've seen is printed with resin or plastic. So not a shoe like material, but uh, I'm assuming if you're bringing it up, it has, more to do with something creepy. It's, it's, a, it's a little weird. And the name of it is what drew me to this news because as it came out, uh, it is it is made with the Sin, Sinatrek 
flexible TPE material, which is the new 3D printed material they're using. They've used it a lot for you know artificial limbs and stuff like that uh, because it's you know it's a lot better than resin and all the other stuff that 3D printers normally do. But the plus thing is this thing, the shoe he's got it. He's named it after cryptids, which are near and dear to my heart, as you know. So it is what called cryptid? the Cryptide. Um, and it is an open design sole uh, that, you know, you pretty much just want to wear a sock with it. You don't really want to wear like a heavy shoe with this. Uh, but it's basically a sneaker bottom, right? And it kind of goes over the toe. And uh, what it does is it lets you leave footprints like a Bigfoot. Oh my uh, God, I need these shoes now. Yes. We need yes. a listener with a 3D printer that will do this to buy this and make us shoes. Yes, and, it's, and it sounds silly. You know, people <laughs> think of 3D printed things and you know they keep getting more and more advanced every day. Uh, and uh, this is just such a cool material and it, and it varies the thickness in places so that it curves and it, and it bends. It's very ergonomic looking. It looks comfortable as heck. Uh, there is a video on YouTube, and we will link that in the show notes. Uh, you'll be able to find that at eerieadventure.com, uh, but you'll also be able to, uh, you know, see the picture of this thing. This thing is crazy, and I recommend everybody in the future will be wearing this. I just know it. It's, it's, I yeah. think that we need them desperately. So if you are a listener and you have a 3D printer that will allow this reach out to us because I think every place we go to explore, we need to be wearing these shoes just to completely fuck up the entire system there. Like, I, you know, as, as a, a, you know, a man who goes out with Bigfoot hunting teams and UFO hunting teams and all that, uh, you know, I, I can see where this is going to screw some things up eventually. Um, one of the most recent things we did while we were up north was uh, there were some animal attacks. And I went out to this uh, rural area of Ohio where two dogs have been killed. And then uh, about a week later, a horse was killed in its barn. And the, the headline said, non-human creature uh, kills horse. So I'm like, oh, I have to go see this. And when the sheriff says non-human creature, what the heck? Um, uh, you know, and when Which, we got out let, there- Let me just clarify, any non-human creature is like an animal. Animal, exactly. Yeah. But the headline- the headlines read like that. You can't; those stand out to me, of course. Of you know, course. As, the, as, as the, the eerie Appalachia guy, I start getting all those fun headlines. Did you know about this one, Mark? Yes, yes, I, I did. But I went out there to talk to the families and to see some things. And we went out there with, and there was a Bigfoot hunting team that went out. Okay. Uh, and uh, they found some tracks. And one of them looked very, very weird. And what it was, though, you know, after casting it, we were able to figure it out. Now, it, it, you know, if you know, someone looking at it on the ground would go, oh, Bigfoot. But what it really was, was, was a double bear track where a bear stepped in its own track and it kind of made this double footprint. So it looks like a giant footprint, but it's just a double bear. Uh, and when you cast it, you can actually see the details where the, the first claw is on top of the second so that's what are gets you a lot sure of they're not two bears and they walk single file to hide their numbers that you know it could be possible you know <laughs> you know i have I, my star wars I, reference of this show that works that works <laughs> the force is strong with you uh but we 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 you know what's funny is a lot of you know the big footprints back in the day uh back in the pacific northwest when you know bigfoot was before it was you know it popped again you know, uh, you know, with the Patterson Gimlin film and then of course in search of and all that. Um, back in the day, there was a man on his deathbed said that he started it all. Was that, you know, the, you know, he had followed the wild man stories growing up with them because it was basically native lore up there, uh, you know, just part of their native traditions. And he decided to make a shoe that would leave these giant monster prints. And and he, on his deathbed, said that he had done it all over up near Oregon and Washington State. And the, and the scientists you know, were studying these. It was like, no human could leave these footprints. Uh, what he had done was he had put them on backwards. So when you would walk heel to toe, the footprint would go, would look a little different. So the pressure was more on the toe. You know, so it looked really weird on those footprints, the way he wore them. So most people would think he'd wear the footprint 
like the Bigfoot print, you know, like these shoes. Uh, but that was one of the things that when people went, oh, wait a minute, this guy might be onto something because, you know, that was some of those footprints were very hard to describe. So, you know, now the problem is, is that muddies the water. Were these big footprints, you know, what about the real ones? What about the ones that people have studied? Um, you know, are there hoaxers like more hoaxers like him? And that's, you know, and, you know, and that, that, and that throws the whole, why it's still pseudoscience and not science, you know, and that's. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, of course there's probably hoaxers and stuff like that. And we'll talk about those on other episodes and stuff like that. But I think that, you know, there's also some legitimate um, documentation for lack of a better way of putting it, that says there is something out there of this similar ilk. I mean, there between the sightings and um, coming across different furs and things like that. I just, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting. And, you know, the Bigfoot has been talked about and we're not even, this is not a Bigfoot. Yeah, this is even a Bigfoot episode. Yeah. Bigfoot has been talked about since before that person probably. Oh did. yeah. No, hundred percent. So um, I'm going to say yeah, that he did not help. No, no, he certainly didn't. He muddied the waters, which they're always muddy when you go into these things, just like ghosts, just like the hoaxers, you know, all that. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. So anyway, those will be discussed in future days. We'll be talking hoaxers. We'll be talking the real stuff. Uh, We have plenty of skunk ape and Bigfoot footage to discuss, Um, but that is for another day. Yes, yes. Now, this year was my first time in... 20 years going to dragon con okay wow yes yeah. i've been many times i love dragon con. you love dragon con we love dragon con right we love dragon con so i'm going to take you back in time okay to dragon con 2010 okay okay and there is this wonderful writer in uh dragon con 2010 and she is there and she hears the news about Nelson Mandela's death. And she wait, is, wait, how far back in time are we going? 2010. Okay. She, but she had heard this, you know, you know, his death was let me hold on. We will pull up our notes here, right? Because we've got a yeah. we got a Wikipedia this. So when did he die? Do you have the notes? Oh, I'm going to look. I'm looking. He yeah, yeah. died. Um, let's see. Um, hold on. No. Faith. Uh, Nelson. Oh, God. No, <laughs> Sally, you're going to earn your money on this one because we've got to. We gotta, okay. Gotta December 5th, 2013 is actually 2013, when he died. Right? Yep. So yeah. 2013, she, or so 2010, she sees this um, notice that he's going to be speaking at this thing. And yeah. she was convinced he had died in 1999 in prison. And she recalls that there were all these funerals for him. And you know, this big, his, his widow had given this big impassioned speech and all this other stuff uh, okay. about him and how the world leaders came to his funeral and, and all this amazing things. And now, so she's, but convinced you know what what you know this i saw this yeah how can he be speaking you know how can he still be doing this stuff um and so she begins to talk to other people there at a panel saying does anybody else remember this because i saw he's going to be talking and um and you know and they're all like uh no this you know he's still alive but then there were some people like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember this, you know, his death. So this became the discussion of what would become known as the Mandela effect, where people remember wow. certain things happening that didn't happen, that remember certain things being a certain way uh and it's kind of this all-encompassing umbrella of strange and unusual uh you know where where you know we thought something happened and it didn't 
and we thought something weird went a different way. Uh, it was most recently uh, with the death of Pele, which just happened. And, uh, you know, early in 2023. And some people were convinced he died 10 years ago and remembered his funeral. But no, he's having his nation, he had his nationwide funeral, you know, early this year. So wow. what is the so, Well, you know, it's interesting because they call it the Mandela effect, right? But it's something that's also like in the past kind of been called the, uh, uh, like a false memory of right, 100%. Thing, right? Because, but what's interesting is when you get a group of people that has a false memory. So right. like one of the reasons, um, believe it or not, eyewitness quote unquote testimony is, I, and here's here's Erica going down the crime route. Yes. But eyewitness testimony sometimes is not used when there's more than one person because people and they've done like all these experiments on this kind of thing will remember different things every person's perspective can be ridiculously different on things and like there was what um one of the uh, mandela effects like the biggest one known is like the bernstein bears right yes right right so um and it's whether or not it was bernstein or with berenstain or berenstein yeah because it's berenstain bears but people remember it as Berenstein bears. And people thought, oh, it was changed because of uh, you know, implications of a religious background. So it was changed to be, you know, you know, the people who made it weren't the Berenstains. Yeah, or weren't the Berensteins, it became the Berenstains. And of course, no, it was it was always the Berenstains. And um, but people remember 100 percent it was Berenstein and that you know, that you, you, you're wrong. It's, you know, it's, you've got to be wrong. And what led me down this bunny trail was one of my past lives uh, as, a, as, a, as a, before my author days, uh, you know, not a past life, but my previous jobs. One of my jobs at, right out of high school was I was a projectionist at the Mustang Drive-In in, in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, or Pinellas Park, Florida. And it was, and it was that is or is not there anymore. It is not there anymore. It became uh, the Mustang flea market uh, before it died completely. And now it is a uh, Costco. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, or Sam's Club. I miss Sam's driving Club. movie theaters. I'm just going to say that. But yeah, I loved it. Yeah, and yeah. I was, I, I took the job because they were they were going out of under and they needed a projectionist. I wanted to learn how to be a projectionist. I thought it would be this great job. Now the plus side is to this thing was when it was dying, they said, show whatever you want. Cause they didn't care. <laughs> they were making money at the flea market during the day. So they were not, they didn't need a project. You know, they didn't need the money from the theater. So I could order whatever movies I wanted. And because drive-ins were dying, you know, this was before digital. This was back in the big reel to reel gang. Uh, I could oh, order whatever you just was said, available. You just said words that nobody's going to understand what the hell exactly. they are. Exactly. So, so what year was this? It was 1988 uh, and uh, and 89. So that's before DVDs, children who are listening. Before DVDs, VHS was you know, <laughs> yeah. the height and uh, uh, digital movies were not a thing yet. Uh, Laserdisc was still kind of, you know, something only rich people had. Uh, but, um, you know, so... I would get this big, these big real, and the, the nice thing was is the drive-ins were dying. I mean, they're still dying. I mean, there's still a few around, but they, you know, and as Joe Bob Briggs will say, the drive-in will never die, uh, but they're pretty much gone. Uh, but the classics are, are few and far between. Uh, they're, they're nostalgia factor now. Uh, but I could get these big reels of, from a catalog and it was other drive-ins saying, look, I'll trade you for this, for this, and trade you this for this. This is pre-internet. So we're doing this in this one magazine and we're all calling each other saying, I, I've got this movie and I want this one. And so I'd trade to try to make these perfect double features. And um, there was a guy getting rid of all the James Bond movies. And I'm like, I want to show all the James Bonds I can. Now, a lot of them were no longer available, but it was mostly Roger Moore era stuff at this time. And I was able to grab a hold of the classic Moonraker. And I teamed it up yes. with Spy Who Loved Me because, hey, I'm going to do Jaws. 
but not Jaws. Because <laughs> uh, there was a villain in these movies, one of the henchmen that tried to kill Bond was a guy named Jaws. He was Richard Keel played him, uh, who was probably one of the nicest guys ever, went on to become a preacher. Uh, but uh, he was like six foot giant. You know, he was like almost seven foot tall, hands as big as my head. And, uh, and but then in the villain he played had a mouthful of, tea, of metal teeth. And that was okay. his trademark killing people was biting them like a vampire and ripping their throat out with these metal teeth. And Richard Keel had played a lot of monsters in like the old Kolchak movies in the 70s. He was he was a backup for Lurch back in the day. Uh, he'd done a lot of stuff. Most people remember him uh, from uh, the, uh, the, the uh, Twilight Zone episode, To Serve Man. He was the alien in that. So with the big head, it's a cookbook. It's a I love that some of our listening audience is going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But a lot of it's going to be like, what in the actual fuck is he talking about? It's is, okay. Mark, Mark is old. Mark is old. That's so. fine. We'll tag things in show notes. Okay, so you're playing Moonraker. I'm pl- so I played, you know, Spy Love Me. The cool thing is, is he's a villain in that. And he's he's like impervious. He's like the Terminator. He can't be killed. He, he survives all these crazy things. So he's like the one Bond villain, henchman, that doesn't die. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's rare. So then, years later, they're doing Moonraker, uh, which is about a space shuttle being stolen, and they're going to repopulate. Yeah, you know, they're going to poison the Earth with this deadly orchid uh, from these space shuttles dropping bombs. It's it's so it was James Bond needed to do Star Wars, so mm-hmm. they they tried to make a space James Bond. But the cool thing about this movie was Jaws comes back because the bad guy needs to hire somebody to kill james bond and the joke is it's jaws who's back the joke is why hire somebody who failed the first time but go ahead bad planning on this bad guy's part that's not the point of this episode continue on (laughs) but anyway so so here's the you know the plot of moonraker there but anyway uh so jaws comes back and he's trying to kill bond and it's this very elaborate chase scene and you know he's got tons of bad guys driving the car and jaws is firing guns at him and of course, the car crashes off of the side of a Swiss mountain and flies, you know, it falls into a Swiss chateau. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's this terrible crash. And then Jaws walks away, just dusts himself off. Yeah. And then a little bit later, Jaws is trying to kill him again. And they're on a cable car type thing. And he bites the cable. He's using his steel teeth to bite the cable to send the cable car crashing down. But, Again, Jaws gets outwitted by the hero and the cable car comes crashing down with him in it and it smashes into another building and Jaws is climbing out of the wreckage, again, unharmed because he's Jaws. But what helps him out of the wreckage is this little girl named Dolly. And she's not a little girl, young lady. Uh, she okay. has some uh, some nice decolletage. She's showing, she's, she's showing a lot of curves here, gang. Yeah, a lot of cleavage. And, but she's this little blonde. Okay, so she's girl. not a girl. Let's not use the yeah. term girl. Sure, she right. is a young lady, young lady. And she's got little pigtails and she's got cute glasses and she helps Jaws out of the wreckage. Okay. And as she helps him out of the wreckage, he looks at her and she smiles at him and she's got braces. And then he smiles back with his metal teeth. And immediately the music from Romeo and Juliet, Tchaikovsky's Romeo and Juliet, uh, comes out crescendo and, they, and they're in love and they are in love so okay yeah, so, i feel like there's a but though all right so the but is okay so so they fall in love because she's got braces and he's got oh. the metal teeth they hold hands and they skip away together it's adorable and um a little bit later we're now up on the space station as you know, uh-huh. we, Bond had to smuggle himself aboard one of the stolen space shuttles. Like uh, and up on the space station, Jaws is up there with his new girlfriend. And she's in one of the space suits because she's been brought into the group. Um, but Bond is like realizing, you know, that this guy, he's wanting to reap. He's got all these beautiful people up on the space station with him, right? They are the most beautiful, the most beautiful. So it's genetically perfect people. He's wanting to make a new master race on earth after he poisons the earth. And so all these people are gonna be, you know, 
the you know the 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 Adam and Eves of the New World. Okay. And Bond like talks to the villain. And um, and he goes to the villain. And he says, "Hey, you know, we need to, uh, you know, I, I understand you're doing this, but I assume any like genetic deformities would be weeded out." And he kind of looks over at Dolly, Jaws's okay. new little girlfriend, and he looks at Jaws, who is you know seven foot tall, craziness, and you know, and so Bond turns Jaws into an owl. Okay. And Jaws does the Darth Vader Emperor thing. Spoiler alert for a you know fifty year old, forty year old James Bond movie, uh, and he okay. uh, and he decides to turn the tide and uh, and save the day. And and at the end, as the space station's blowing up, Bond escapes in the last space shuttle with his love interest, and Jaws and Dolly sit there on the exploding space station with some champagne. And and Jaws says his only line in two movies, here's the us. And they drink the champagne as the space station explodes. What does this have to do with the Mandela effect? Now we're into Mandela effect. Ready? I was like, we just recapped James Bond, a movie right, that's for been 20 minutes. 50 times. Okay. 20 minutes okay. of James okay. Bond Jaws' story. So because years later, I'm watching James Bond on a streaming service just recently for Christmas. And I'm watching James Bond Marathon because you watch James Bond Marathons on Christmas. It's a holiday thing. And okay. uh, I, I believe you, but I don't think that's true. But continue on. Yes. Moonraker comes on and I'm all excited because, hey, we've got Dolly's, you know, Dolly's braces coming up. Dolly, you know, Jaws crashes. She comes out of the, the wreckage. He comes out of the wreckage. She smiles at him with her perfect white teeth. But you said he, she had braces before. She does not have braces. Did and I'm like, what Steven Spielberg editing hell is this where they took away the guns and put in yo, yo, walkie-talkies for the FBI guys in E.T.? They've taken away Dolly's braces. <laughs> and I'm like, I have to write an angry letter to MGM Studios. Because those go well. Yes. And I'm like, you need to restore this because I watched it dozens of times as a projectionist and I always watched that scene. Well, guess what? What? She never had braces. Um, I'm not surprised by that. So is this like a thing everybody thought like the love interest between them was because she had metal on her mouth? That, that, was, the whole, that was the whole point of their relationship. The big joke. Obviously not, though. So how is it that do you think everybody got that wrong? That's where I was like, that's when I start digging, figuring out which edition did they edit out her braces. And that's when I discovered this is a Mandela effect. A lot of people remember her with braces and a lot of people don't. Wow. Wow. That's so interesting, to, though. Yeah. So I had to dig up the original VHS copy I had because I'm like, well, this is before they did any special editions. There's no remastering here. She's got perfect teeth. Well, have you have you been able to go back and watch a reel to reel since you looked at this? No, that's what I'm trying to get a hold of. I want to find somebody who still has a reel to reel master of that to see if we can do it. And we. I'm still reaching out to people about that. I'm trying to find a collector. Well, if you have a reel to reel, you can reach out to us. Please reach out to us. But yeah. I think that's fascinating, though, because, yeah. you know, it goes to the whole thing of how much do we insert into what we're looking at? Like, how much yeah. does our history or what we want to see feel, feed into what we see, right? Yeah. Because... I don't remember that one. My uh, favorite bond is actually Octopussy. Blah, I'm throwing yeah, that out there. That's a good one but, too. Hey, uh, that one, that one's fun because you couldn't tell if they were trying to figure out if it was a comedy or a straight action movie because that's got some of the darkest stuff in any Roger Moore. And then he's dressed as a clown and then uh <laughs> No, I agree uh, a thousand percent. But it's it's interesting because otherwise. You know, if you take that away, and I know we have to go to a break in a second here, but if you take that part away, you take her braces away, you kind of go, 
what why in the crap did that happen what? yeah it, it doesn't make sense as he falls in love with her because she helped him out of the wreckage or he falls in love with her because she's you know got some you know some curves well, you know it's uh he could, but I'm talking about the her, her. thing. Why would she because like him? Yeah. Him falling in love if she's a buxom beauty. Yeah. Um, I get it. You know, it's entirely possible. But the flip side is why the hell would she be interested in him? And there's commercials later reenacting that scene where he does a, a plane commercial where he goes up to a ticket counter to get a flight somewhere and the girl smiles at him and she's got braces and he smiles back. It's this, this crazy European airline commercial. Why would they have done that if that wasn't the original joke? That's 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 fascinating. But I, and I, the big thing is on the James Bond, like wiki, you know that MGM Studios has their list of characters and stuff. They talk about Dolly's braces. Wow. And now the actress okay. herself said she never wore braces, but we will get into all this. And we've got so now the theories come out. So we'll do okay. that after the break, though. Okay, well, we'll be right back then with so, um, braces. Yes, <laughs> some yeah. shameless commercial plugging. Here we go, gang. Let's, let's buy their stuff. Buy stuff. Erie, Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncy and Kerry Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the US, Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. Okay, we're back. I just have to mention because I I drove down the rabbit hole a little bit and like a bunny. <laughs> so it says because the name of the character is Dolly. The girl says she apparently there's um our amazing producer pointed this out that yep. there's a lot talking about how she was fitted for braces, but they weren't used in the movie or they were, but. Um, people are saying it's because the sun reflected off of her glasses, which right. made the illusion of braces, that um, her being the stereotypical geek girl, which yeah. um, there shouldn't be a stereotypical geek girl, but that's what they were calling it back then, that she automatically would have worn braces, um, and that they were cut out of the film as a white flash and flashing over her teeth briefly. However, um, the editing back then wouldn't have done that. I think people yeah. don't realize how editing worked back back in yeah. the day, you know. So yeah. it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating how much of a debate there is about this one scene, this, right? This is probably the one that gets the most fights brought out about you know Mandela effect being legit or not, you know, and uh, because this is the one. You know, this is my hill to die on. I'm, I swear that I, I showed it to my my uh, my adorable kids. And at one point when we were doing the James Bond marathon and they recall, as as our wonderful producer mentioned on the break, they remembered the braces. So um, that would have been a home video release probably. But my I went back to my original VHS on my VHS player and no, she didn't have braces. So. Well, you know, it's interesting. I wonder if anybody, I'm sure people have done a study of things that were in movies and then 
later cut out of movies when it went to a cinematic, um, you know, when it went on to VHS and things like yeah. that. I mean, with streaming and everything, it's not so much, but it used to be this was copied and there's a copy of it. And there's, you know, every now and then a director, George Lucas, would get really excited yeah. and redo and you remember it a certain way. And that's, see, that's what uh, I thought it happened. Isn't it like kind of similar to the Who Shot First? Yeah, and, and also, yeah, exactly. But also things like, you know, we remember the lines wrong. You know, oh, that's yeah. the most the most famous being, you know, Darth Vader. Luke, I am your father. No, he never says that. No. He says, no, I am your father. And, you know, but it's misquoted as Luke, I am your father. No, he's never said that. It's like, Scotty, beam me up. Never said in the entire history of Star Trek. Uh, even with the, you know, the new stuff. He never says, Scotty, beam me up. It's, 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 he's beam me up, but he's never beam me up, Scotty, or Scotty beam me up. There's never, he never talks to Scotty and tells him to beam him up. So, which is interesting because I'll tell you as a Trekkie too, I yep. distinctly go, no, he said that. Now, you know, and yep. it's, I think it's interesting. And it's interesting that it's not, you know, just one person, but this goes to, you know, a, such a deeper thing of how memory works and how things work. Like we were, um, uh, I was talking to somebody about the, what is that creature that is in the, is it Flatwood Monster that came out of an alien ship and everybody remembers it coming out of an alien ship. We're not even going to get into the Flatwood right now, but there's a group of people with this same shared memory of things. And this leads you to go, you know, does it, did this happen or um, was it one of these memory things where, you know, maybe you talked about the braces thing, for instance, with both yep. your amazing kiddos and did they then supplant that there would be braces because you talked to them about the braces, right? And that's, that's the common, that's the, you know, the, the traditional, this is what people are doing. People are misremembering it. Play it again, Sam, was never said in Casablanca. It's uh yeah, these are movies that were from before your time audience. Uh but you know, but well, no, some, some of our audience but there's actually a magazine out now that that um from Life that says yeah. that is the most favorite movie of all time. Yes. How the fuck do they know that that's the most favorite movie I, of all time? Like seriously. They, well, that was the one where they interviewed all the filmmakers and had them list their top 100 and then they you know ranked them and and the thing is it never was number 1 on many but it was always in the top five. So that's why it and Citizen Kane are way up there because they're always in the top five, even though they're not number one for a lot of people. Um, but, is- uh, but, uh, but Jaws is on that list. Speaking of not Moonraker Jaws, but real Jaws. Uh, and that's another one that's got one of those misquotes, you know, which is the, we're gonna need a bigger boat. It's the, you're gonna need a bigger boat. That's just, we heard it wrong. You know, we, we you know, it's mis- been misquoted so often that, you know, that's why these things come out. And that, but now where the theories get into this, this is where we have fun with the conspiracy theories, right? Okay. Why these things are happening, why these things are going the way they are. There's a man who was driving around his hometown, going back to visit his favorite place. And he was going to be bringing his wife there soon uh, to show where he grew up. And he goes in and he drives by one of his favorite restaurants. And it's at this wonderful location on the beach that he's like, oh, they opened a new one right on the water. So you can actually go out onto the beach afterwards and do all this wonderful things. He was thrilled with this. And uh, so he can't wait to bring his wife there. And it's right down the street from where he lived, you know, but then he goes by where he grew up and his parents' house isn't there anymore. It's like, oh, then bulldozing. There's these big fancy houses there now. This whole area has been rebuilt. And then he goes, but he's like, but wait, my uncle and aunt live next door and their house is now this big fancy house and all this other weird stuff's going on. So he goes like, what the heck is my town has been gentrified and I didn't even know it. My aunt and uncle didn't tell me they'd moved. And he goes back to his hotel. Okay. And, you know, just crashes for the night, but he's excited to show his wife that, you know, she's fly, she flies in, he picks her up in the airport. 
They go to sleep. The next morning he gets back and he's going to take her to this wonderful restaurant and show her where his parents grew up. Well, the house is there. And his aunt and uncle are living next door. And the restaurant is down the street, not where he can't find it. He drives like 10 streets, can't find it. Finally pulls up Google Maps, types it in. The nearest one's a mile away. And it's not on the water. It's across from the water. And they've never had a location on the street. He, you know, he checks, talks to the managers. Like, I thought you guys, did you guys open one up on this beach? And they're like, no, we never had one on the beach. So he's convinced he slipped into an alternate universe for a little bit or so a parallel reality. Multiversity is yep. what we're talking about. Multiversity. Exactly. And so he was convinced that he had all these memories. And if he had stayed there, he was convinced he might be stuck in that timeline. Now, there are other people who say things like this. And so the theories go that maybe that's the Mandela effect is we're remembering these parallel universes, also, you know, alternate realities that are merging. So we're getting these timelines and why are they merging? CERN. Well, I'm assuming it has collider. to do with Dr. Strange. Strange is, is the real reason. Uh, although I am a big fan of Brother Voodoo or Dr. Voodoo. Yeah. But um, so why do they think it's happening? They think it's the Hadron Collider and the Higgs boson particle. What because the hell what, is the Hadron Collider and the uh, ah, words? What are those things? Think about the timeline here. All right. So, so this company called CERN decides they're going to build a machine. They want to discover more about the universe. Okay. And we know there's this theory that right after the Big Bang, there was these particles that to help physics make sense, right? There's this missing particle, this thing okay. that could do things out of nothing. And it became known as the Higgs boson particle because boson was the, it's too scientific. I'm not going to get into that. Let's listen to a science podcast. Call Neil deGrasse Tyson. He'll tell you all about it. We'll get uh, him but, on here and he can explain. Yeah, we'll get him on at some point. He can give us the details. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I am not a scientist. I'm a cryptid author, uh, you know, a folklorist. <laughs> but um, but anyway, they decide to make this machine, a particle collider that would make big giants. And they did like 10 years worked on it, did all the 10 years of excavation, made this big circular thing. And it was there was no hiding it from the world. Uh, okay. And that was what, but because they were doing all this, the world was like, wait a minute. You're building a machine to remake the Big Bang. What's going to happen? This could destroy the universe. This could cause all kinds of problems. And they're like, but we need to see if this particle exists. And this is the only way we can make it happen. So they turn it on and it works. The machine works. Okay. But, uh, the world doesn't end. We're all here, right? Um, okay. And they do discover what may be that particle. That's not a hundred percent, but they're pretty sure that it it might be. And it's and it's still not a hundred percent, right? Got it. Now, people say they did create another universe when that came on. That they did create an alternate timeline when that came on, and that's when all these weird Mandela effects start happening. Guess what? It's in the nineties. The you know the 90s when all these things supposedly mandela's supposed funeral and all these other things were in the late 1999 2000s when the collider turned on for the first time uh the the moonraker videos were coming out around this time so so i have a question for you if we're going down this um very interesting yet maybe scientific rabbit hole Shoot, excuse me. Oh my gosh, I just sneezed on the podcast. Maybe, God, maybe not. Our producer, that's right. Godzilla. But, um, Godzilla, you. Yeah, I may have just literally caused, caused the butterfly effect. Different yep. podcast. But my question is do you think, um, do you feel that there is potentially one or more? Because you see, like now they have all these photos and stuff coming out from many, many moons ago, though, when people look like us or are walking with a like legitimately uh uh like a phone, cell phone like a from cell 1920 phone. yeah yeah and yeah. so it it begs to wonder 
do they collide at the same time? Are they running on the same time or are there already sort of, you know, the theory of if you make certain decisions, it takes you down a different path. I kind of wonder if there's a whole, like you intersect and go a different direction with yep. things because there are definitely like the Luke, I'm your father is somebody who actually saw the original star Wars in the theater. When I was three years old, I have a picture of me in my ladybug dress from going to it before anybody knew what the fuck it was. Um, uh, opening night. I remember Luke, I'm your father from empire strikes back when I went and saw that in the theater as well, Chinese man theater, Los Angeles. Thank you. But I remember that line for the longest time until somebody was like, that's not the line, but I'm wondering how many of those and what the population that remembers it one way versus the other, and are we continuing to intersect? I just got very, very metaphysical there. No, no, and that's 100%. That's the thing with this. You can rabbit hole this. Of course, you know, physicists say, yes, alternate universes exist because this Higgs boson particle does things that shouldn't exist in our universe. They should not exist in our universe, so they have to come from something other something outside even neil degrasse tyson talks about that uh you know he says this these things are other they're from another place uh but he doesn't feel like anybody can travel between alternate universes most people physicists think no there's no way that guy traveled to the restaurant in an alternate universe it was that's something just weird you know um is it alternate timeline you know that's another thing you know did somebody make a decision just did, did a time traveler go back with his cell phone in 1920 and, you know, and cause a problem. Um, the other thing is, of course, the other theory, which uh, some scientists uh, of, are big fans of, and that's the matrix theory that we're all in a simulation. And these are the glitches when a software update came through and it didn't work, you know, because if we're all living in a box and we all get the same updates, hey, everything's great and nobody knows we're living in the box, but now suddenly, you know, we're all Truman showing this or, you know, or, or something, you know, but well, then. It, well, it's interesting you say that because I remember when the Matrix came out and I know you did as well. Yep. And I think that movie in a way was terrifying because you yeah. go, could that really happen? Especially when Agent Smith explains that they started with the utopia, but we wouldn't accept the programming. Like it right. couldn't be just that great. We can't do it all the time, which is a whole other thing. Why you can't like literally get everything you want and still be a happy human being, right? Right. It's, it's interesting to think um, how much of this is uh, created by how we believe it should be perceived, which goes, you know, somewhat not the alternate universes, but it goes back to, it, interesting when you talk to people who've witnessed events, especially ones that have some sort of trauma to them, what exactly they recall from it happening. Like there, there was a serial killer that um, was the they were they called him the Yorkshire Ripper, right? Right. And right. he went through, and people. Part of the big problem with that investigation was how the eyewitness reports were so messed up that they were giving all these false leads. And that's happened over and over again in crimes that, you know, we see on TV shows, the little person coming in to do the, you know, you know, behind the scenes, blah, blah, blah. They're going to, you know, go, I can ID this person that came in, but in real life, that's not used as much, you know, because yeah, they can't. Yeah, people's remembering and then add time into it. So you go back from Moonraker when you originally saw it, which was what year, my friend? Oh, when I originally saw it, it had to be, I was a kid. So it had to be, you know, when it first came out, was it 81, 82, somewhere? Right around Empire Strikes Back time, so. Okay, so let's just say it's 81, 80, 82. I'm going to Google yeah, it yeah. while we're sitting here because that's yeah, what- yeah. Because that's proud, what we do. Proud people yeah, that's what we on the do. show yeah. do yeah. is, you know, when did rumor, but so then when do you think you saw the, the drive-in? The drive-in would have been 19, uh, 1989, uh, 1988, 89. That would have been the year. Okay. So the came out in 79. 79. Right. So. So 10 years later, you watched it and you remembered the braces, right? Yep. And I'm still so seeing them every night as I'm watching it at the drive-in. So. Okay. 
So then, then let's fast forward to when you remember the first movie night-ish with the kiddos. And when was that? That would have been around, you know, late 99, 2000s, probably. Callie could probably, uh, early 2000s, definitely. Okay. Which, uh, no, Callie remembers it, uh, you know, the, the voice in the other room just said 2010, 2011. So, so I, You've got 10 year jumps, right? That you're talking yeah. about here to change this, but your memory is so set, right? Yeah. But that because, would also have been after the Hadron Collider turned on. Well, that's true, <laughs> but I'm just saying it's interesting because you take um, Empire Strikes Back. I just looked that up. Like when did it release, right? Um, Empire Strikes Back released May 21st, 1980, yeah. right? People have been saying, Luke, I'm your father since that movie came out, right? And yeah. um, when did that go to DVD, right? Yeah. Or, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, VHS would have been like yeah, you know, a couple years later because it took forever. Yeah, no, back then it took 84. It took four years. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, people don't realize. I remember Star Wars didn't come out till 84, I think, you know, and Jedi didn't even come out for another year after that, so. Yeah, okay, we're not we're not doing Star Wars on the show. I'm no, just no, saying for that many years though, because you're talking about three decades yep. that you perceived this movie one way, but it's different. And you're not the only one that perceived it that way. It's like how much stuff do we insert? And then it gets into how much do we insert based on our background or certain things? Like, is there some degree of uh uh you know, you look at uh Look, I'm about to bring a John Hughes movie into this. Oh, hey, good, another one. It's going to make sense. Here we go. We're going to go on a journey. Here we go. Yeah, let's go. It's, if you watch um, 16 Candles, which is one of yeah. my favorite, I love John Hughes, a huge fan. There's some stuff in his things that are very dated, but they uh, were yeah. movies, but um, I do enjoy them. So, uh, but John, uh, what is his name? Anthony Michael Hall is the nerd in that, and he has braces. I believe it, um John Cusack and the other gentleman who was in that, that played the other major nerds with him, you know, getting the girl's panties and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Another yeah. part of the movie that was dated, but I'm getting yeah. to a point, I promise, is um, he came across because he was the nerd. That was the nerd look. You had the big glasses and you had the braces on your teeth. Right. A lot of times they had acne and things like yeah. that was how they showed a, a nerdy person i mean there was an entire movie series called revenge of the nerds the nerd which yep. again included the stereotypes of what they said yep. nerds were so i wonder if how much that truly played like we expected the character to look like that so in our minds they look like that you got to kind of wonder how much things like that make you think of um uh think those kind of things you know so Yep. So definitely, gang, please put in the comments. Does Dolly have braces? <laughs> we will do a poll. Does Dolly yep. have braces? Dolly does Dolly have braces on eerieadventure.com. So now we'll go on the eerie adventure for this. Okay. You ready? Let's go. Let's go. All I'm right. Ready. So where do you go to find classic VHS and classic? You know, you, there's every town has a collector store. And yeah. um, my personal favorite here in Tampa is a place called Viper Video. Uh, they have all the little independent releases that you're not going to see streaming anywhere. You know, the local independent horror films and all that. Uh, they also carry classic VHSs. And uh, they carry laser discs and all that. So you can find your own Mandela effects. Go back to those despecialized Star Wars editions and find C-3PO Silver Leg. Uh, you know, and, and other things like that, that, uh, yes, those are other Mandela effects. People, what, C-3PO had a silver leg? Yes, he did. Uh, but, um, but, uh, but we went to a place when we were at, um, GalaxyCon, uh, yeah. we, I took you all to one of my favorite places. It's a chain up north, uh, sadly not down here in Florida way called Half Price Books. And how much money did you spend there? I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, this is definitely not a place you should be allowed in if you are a book hoarder, video hoarder, or any kind of hoarder with a credit card. You should not be allowed in these stores. They 
they have truckloads of uh, just collectible stuff like that, and usually at recent, decent, decent prices. And um, and and we went to one of those, and uh, I was able to find the original novelization of Moonraker. Guess what's in the novelization? Braces. Braces. You know, I kind of wonder, you know, how much, yeah, I, I guess it's a rabbit hole that, and well, is it there, is it not there? It's interesting because I wonder how many James Bond fans that read, because a lot of people used to read the books that yeah. went along with the movies and stuff like that. How many people just inserted, discussed, like, you know, oh gosh, there was a movie about this and I don't know what it is off the top of my head because I didn't do the research before we got on here. But um, one of the things is talking about how much you say something and then it becomes a real thing. Right. Like, you know, like how may much the force that... be with you from Obi-Wan, but the only person who ever says that to him in the whole movie is Han Solo. Ex exactly. Like yeah. there are so many things like that that we talk about um, and we talk about them. So how much does something that you talk about become real and become yeah. a thing, which can get into a whole weird, scared thing. But it's kind of like you think about, I'm going to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole before our producer tells us that we have to be shut up. But here's my other <laughs> rabbit hole. John Hughes. But hey. you think about like um, uh, cults or groups of people that believe something like the end of times is coming. Let's just talk about, you know, the, the cult that, the Hale-Bopp cult, right? Oh, yes, and, yes. Yeah. Heaven's Gate. So, yeah, Heaven's Gate um, used a bunch of stuff that was, and there's a ton of great documentaries about the Heaven's Gate and books and stuff like that. So if you want to go down that rabbit we'll hole. We'll do cults down the line. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But one of the things it talked about, which is interesting, is they, you know, all these people were firmly convinced that this comet coming was the signal that they needed to leave because the world was ending, right? And one of the things that ties back into um, a little bit of sci-fi on this was Michelle Nichols, who was Ohura yeah. um, on Star Trek's brother, died in that cult yep. thing, right? Yeah, he was convinced. But they believed this truly based on events. They had convinced themselves so much of this based on different things that had happened in their interpretation of the things that had happened to the degree you just go is how much is it the Mandela effect alternate universes or how much of it is uh, the ability for human perspective uh, perception to be changed based on our environment. And again, you know, charisma plays a part. You know, if somebody tells you, hey, this is what happened, then suddenly that's in your head. Oh, this is what happened. That's what you talk about, you know, you were talking about your true crime. That's why witness testimony can be easily swayed and can be easily, you know, written off. And that's why we have so many people. Oh, I, this man was on death row for 20 years. Oh, because of one guy testified against him. Guess what? Police coerced that guy. And guess what? That, you know, that was all thrown out. This, well, you know, there's. And they talk about that too, from um, yeah. getting confessions. Like one of the biggest things in, um, and there's, you know, documentaries on this too, just literally there's shows about getting confessions because yep. they'll have people in there for so many hours, right? And they, you know, what is the Netflix one, um, the murder one where, you know, they- Narrows uh, it down. No, I know, but it's, they, ah, it's one that just came out, but it's about a, a gentleman and a younger man who were both convicted of this murder. They ran a junkyard. Oh um, yeah, yeah, making a murderer. Making the making of a murderer, right? Yeah, where the one kid admits that he testified, yeah, admitted to it, but but he yeah. was, uh, you know, um, he had uh, some mental disabilities, and yep. they've seen they've proven that, and they, you know, they had him in a room without his parents being, and I got to the end of that, and of course, it was told from the perspective of the person doing the docu series, both of yep. them, part one and two. But I got to the end of that as a true crime person going, I have no fucking idea what happened. Like, yeah. you know, because I go, this seems a lot like the police built this, this thing up. They created this in, at the end of it, do you go like, yes, that happened? No, that didn't happen. But I can tell you now there's an entire 
group of people who've watched this that have their perception on how that happened and how it yep. went down. Yep, right? and that's that's one of the things. Uh, my one of my favorite filmmakers, Werner Herzog. Of course, I would like to see the baby from the Mandalorian, but he was a film director before that. Uh, uh, that you know, uh, and he did some amazing documentaries. And he was at a convention of documentarians, and they were all talking about how they have to remove yourself from the situation and don't have an agenda and just document, document, document. And he's like, no. He jumped up on the stage like you're filmmakers. We you have to you know insert yourself into the documentary. You have to prove your point. That's the whole point. And and they and it basically got booed, you know, by everybody. And he's like he's like oh, you're a bunch of crybabies. Happy New Year. And he walked away. <laughs> and wow. We'll have to do a whole thing on Herzog at some point. Just the man got shot three times during an interview, and he still continued talking because he's like it's not a significant bullet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How badass is that? Shoes. But Bonnie yeah. Python, that's another one where people yeah. remember the, the, the scenes completely differently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People yeah. remember skits that were, you know, that, uh, you know, that they don't, you know, they thought were Monty Python, but were something else like they were Benny Hill or, you know, or something like that. But because it's all late night PBS, we, you know, we, we screw them up in our heads and, and all that. And, um, yeah, there's, you know, so I, I think it's a bit of everything. I think it's people misremembering okay. things. I keep I thinking, want, you know, I want charismatic from our audience, whether or not they're from an alternate universe. That's true. Well, the, the man who emailed me the whole story about the restaurant, man, that's uh, when I talked to him, he was convinced that he went into an alternate timeline. So, and. Uh, well, and there are many stories of that happening, right? Yeah. Or you know things being moved around and i am not you know it, to say that that couldn't have happened you know i get it you know science um uh is interesting uh callie just threw us off by saying that her dad added an additional and uh, their, their, their dad, dad added, added yeah their dad added an additional l to their name in one universe well, yep. you know you know that's a whole other universe you can go to the one where you know the name is correct but I, I think, you know, to discount what that person perceived, and that's one thing that I've seen in doing the amount of um, interviews that I, I you know, because I came, you know, my previous lifetime was uh, doing human resources, and I can't tell you how many interviews I did with people, and the perception was different every single time. Yeah, right? if you talk to three different people about the same event, you're going to get three different stories. Yeah, no, totally, but you also, if you talk to them even if they were the only one at the event right and say for instance you have video or something that shows that there's one thing about lying but there's one thing when they're so certain about what happened or you know you watch a lot of the spooky stuff which we can you know we're going to get into and stuff but the you know the spooky things on how things happen and when two people were in the same room and had two different you know walked into the same room and had two different like yep. ones like you just go there there may be something too is there universes butting up against each other and you pass into and out of them right which is creepy as hell to think of because what if you did get stuck yeah what if that guy yeah, did what, get what, stuck what? and he didn't have a wife in that other universe yeah, he didn't have a wife and his parents were gone that house was destroyed you know yeah you know, his parents house was destroyed and his where's the aunt and uncle are gone you know maybe he doesn't exist in this universe you know it's it's some crazy stuff it can definitely well, mess with your mind i was gonna say does the person that your person in the other universe come in or are there two of you like that gets oh. into an entire thing like do you switch places That's meaning is there somebody in that other universe going I, <laughs> that's why I have the goatee now because of, uh, you know, I, I switched universes and that's why I'm, uh, you know, I'm not the nerdy fat kid anymore. So. Um, uh, mm, well, anyway, <laughs> on that note, gang, now that I am evil Mark, uh, from the mirror universe, um, uh, let's, uh, oh my gosh. So let's, let's, let's plug our socials. What have you got? You've got another dozen episodes of Drinking with authors coming. Uh, oh, I have a yeah. No, drinking with authors. We're we actually for this year have moved to doing two authors a week because we have so many authors, which is fantastic. I love getting drunk with authors. So we have a lot of episodes coming up. I know um, 
that we're going to both be at Pensacon. So if anybody's yep. in the um, panhandle of Florida and would like to come meet us, that would be fantastic. Please feel free to drop by. Um, if you want to come explain to us your Mandela effect, we would love that. Yeah, we'd love um, to hear that. Uh, and then you're going to be at Mad Monster Con. Yeah, the week before right before that. that. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. North Carolina. Um, and then, um, you know, we, if you follow our website, you know, the Erie Adventure website, uh, we'll take you to all of our upcoming appearances. And um, we can also, uh, you can reach out to us with your stories. If you have a Mandela effect, if you have a, a thing that's happened to you or, you know, that you want to discuss with us. And we talk cryptid, monsters, ghosts, stra high strangeness, you know, you know, conspiracy theories. But I, you know, I like to think that, you know, conspiracy theories in the modern age are usually just spoilers. Uh, so, you know, because <laughs> a lot of them are coming true in my lifetime, which is crazy. You know, I, you know, I, I have a follow-up from our last episode, which was on Cocaine Bear. Oh yeah. Uh, I have, I have a, an email I received that we remember we brought up Woody Harrelson's dad, Charlie Harrelson, the hitman. Yes. Some consider that he might've been the man who actually killed Kennedy. Really? Not Lee Harvey Oswald, who was the fall, the fall guy, you know, they think either he did Kennedy, uh, he did, uh, uh, he killed Kennedy or he's the guy who organized it all. So, uh, because he was the professional hitman of note at the time. So, uh, we'll be delving more into that research as I can, but, uh, but that was very good. Thank you guys for sending that in. So. What, what are we talking about next time? Have we decided what we're, we're talking about something next time. What is it? I, I, I think we're going to just kind of leave this one on a teaser. Just Ooh, there's more to come. So, yes. and I think we're going to delve more back into the spooky uh, because I think it's about time we talk some ghosts. Oh, I'd love to talk about ghosts, especially oh, no. if they involve, no, just kidding. I'm not going to say that out loud. Um, no, but I do love, I do love being spooked. So that'll be fun. Well, awesome. So guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, keep up with us. We'd love having you and hearing from you. And um, I, I, that's all I have, Mark. Do you have anything that's, else? That's all I got. We're going to let Destiny Beard play us out again. Thank you again, Destiny, for this amazing theme song. It has been incredible to listen to and Callie once again thank you for your incredible production skills I cannot wait Ooh. to hear how this one hits the pipe and uh and and tell your friends tell everybody share us let's let's get this thing let's get let's build this community I'd love to hear more stories and you know and see what else we can come up with and uh as always we'll see you on the other side see you there bye